Hello and welcome to another episode of Startup Hustle Middle East. Today we are here with Shane Shin. He is one of the partners at Shirook Investments. Now Shirook Investments is a, a pretty big player over here in the Middle East. They invest in uh, tech startups, uh, mostly invest in seed round and series A round. So we have him here today to tell us a little bit about what um, investors are looking at when they decide to invest into seed and series A companies. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Cool. So um, he's also one of the Forbes 30 under 30. Yes. <laughs> pretty, pretty cool title, I must <laughs> say. And he's actually one of the founding partners of Shirook Investments. Yes. Um, so. Let's talk uh, quickly about your background and what led you to become a VC. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me. Really excited to be here, and uh, really uh, my sincere pleasure to share my thoughts. So uh, Shane Shin, born and grew up in South Korea, mm-hmm. went to high school in Canada, and I went to the Wharton School in the U.S., mm-hmm. concentrating in finance, which led me to start my let's say traditional finance route of an investment banker in Wall Street. Okay. And I quickly moved to a private equity firm in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So U.S. was great, Silicon Valley, Wall Street, all of those, uh, let's say, fancy titles were great. But my be- deep passion was to really spend time in the Middle East because I love the culture. I truly saw that, let's say, the region is wakening up, in particularly in the startups, the entrepreneur spirit, and uh, let's say the VC space. The landscape were changing so fast. Yeah. That's how I got connected with a company called Global Foundries, which is wholly owned by Mubadala, and I was making investments in deep tech, semiconductor, the most complicated technology companies around the globe, okay. but never in the Middle East. So that's why Mahmoud and I, my co-founding partner Shorok, we 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 wanted to pursue our passion of working with the startups here, especially in the early stage. That's why we launched the Shorok in 2016. Okay. Alhamdulillah, it has been the best uh, personal journey, okay. and uh, really, as Mamta, you kindly suggested, I'm so blessed to be in the Forbes Middle East 30 under 30 this year. Mm-hmm. Although that tells my age, so I don't want to say it too loud. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know our yeah, age. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, and Shuruk Investments is one of the top 20 VCs in the yes. region as well. Yes, um, by Forbes Middle East. Yes. Oh, okay, amazing. Great. So, what we really want to focus on, because a lot of our audience is aspiring entrepreneurs or very early on in their startup journey, and they're always looking to learn from VCs what they really look for when uh, making an investment and when becoming partners uh, with the startups. So, we today we'll focus on about four startups that uh, you've invested in. And if we can know what the motivation behind it was and what the learnings have been for you, then that would be great. Got it. So uh, let's start with a company called Sarwa because okay. uh, it was it is really a unique story. So Sarwa, just for the for the audience, it is a leading a robo advisor a startup which is in a fintech space. So they okay. basically help people who do not know how to make investments, how to how to. They do not know how to make active investments, mm-hmm. or people who necessarily do not have millions of dollars to uh, work with the human portfolio managers. Like uh, they can work with Sarwa to make passive investments automatically at a really really low fees because it's all AI, it's all uh, algorithms, not a human portfolio manager in behind. So it's completely scalable. Mm-hmm. It's a very uh, great and popular business model around the world. 
Pastarwa was the first one to be in the region. They received the first uh, license by TIFC, and they're really crushing it. Wow. What does Sarwa mean? So wealth. It wealth. means wealth in okay. Arabic. That's a good day. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How, how has it been performing for the investors? So uh, it has been amazing. So okay. we first found Sarwa when they really just had uh, two founding members. Mm-hmm. There was not a team. Then there was not even, uh, let's say, they didn't really even receive the license. So mm-hmm. we first met with Mark and Jad, who are the one, two of the three co-founding members, mm-hmm. and they were not even in UAE actually. So oh. like a day, I, I met them through a friend's referral, okay. and that they were aspiring entrepreneurs who wanted to be based in the Middle East, and they finally received the innovation testing license, which is a sandbox license out of a DIFC. Okay. And we we saw the vision, we saw how good they were. Ex- amazing at execution and we let their seat round so here this is like beyond early stage it's exactly. like early, early so, idea so, stage. so exactly the reason I wanted to just highlight that is uh, uh, to tie it back to what you asked me the reason we wanted to invest in Sarwa is A we really saw the team Mark and Jot they have been best friends for a long time they were passionate enough to move out of uh, Canada Mm-hmm. They're like they're Lebanese, but they're Lebanese Canadians okay. who really mm-hmm. spend more time outside of the region. Mm-hmm. But they also wanted to pursue their passion. These two young gentlemen were moving here, and uh, we saw how good they were executing, especially in regulation. FinTech is all about you have to play with the regulation super well. Okay. And that makes or breaks. And uh, that's why it's important to understand and have faith in the founders that they can cope with that regulation. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you're absolutely right. The, the company, there was really not much. Yeah. There, were, there were pre-revenue. Right. They, only, they didn't even have a beta platform. They were just working on the beta platform. Okay. So we let their seed round. And uh, to, to, uh, in six months, they were already, uh, beta platform was already out. They were having so many customers, so many traffic, and we also let their pre-series A run again. And okay. this time, a lot of investors who were not believing in the idea also joined our rounds. Okay. Like, uh, so it was very, uh, it was amazing. And now the company is growing 40% month over month. That's yeah, amazing. Wow. That's yes. some amazing growth. Yeah. How long ago did you invest in Sarwa? So the first, first seed round. investment, there was uh, 2000, 2017, so uh september okay september to november i think was okay okay and then uh and then the pre-series a round was 2018 i think we finished in uh july or so okay so basically in six months the company came from two people team to like they quickly added nadine as a co-founder so it was Mm -hmm. a three people team to when we when we let their pre-series a round they're already eight people Already crushing in the market, had a full wow. license. Okay. So, so like uh, our confidence was well proven. Okay. And uh, really, like a Sarwa, the primary reason we wanted to invest was really their ability to focus on execution. Mm-hmm. And it was flawless. Really. Okay. Yeah, that's. But it's a rare story to, to <laughs> hear about <laughs> a company. A VC, yeah. No, to, for a company to get invested with no traction. Yes, that's true. Yes, that's true. And and, and that's how Shorok uh, we sometimes do. Uh, uh, we're very well known, mm-hmm. and I do want to be careful because when I say this, so many startups without any traction sometimes <laughs> reach out to us. Shane, you invested in them. You should invest in us. Right. And we do get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. There are companies like Sarwa, Smart Crowd, Pure Harvest. 
we invested in them much before revenue, like much yeah. before revenue, because mm -hmm. we believe in the founders. At the mm -hmm. end, it's really about the team. It's all about the execution. Yeah. And if we see that hey, we can help, we can create value for them in terms of execution, we're not afraid to invest when it's a pre-revenue. Yeah, you say it's about execution, but the truth is you're not really seeing any execution. It's the faith you have in the execution. So so it's more like, uh, let's say, testing points. For example, I okay. can learn a lot when the founders, how they how they work with the regulators. Okay. Like, uh, so... Uh, and you said that's important. In yes, tech, yeah. exactly. So we understand what is important for that particular startup and the industry. Mm -hmm. And then if we feel that the founders know how to manage that, that it already is part of the execution. Okay, right. okay, great. Um, so um, so the next company that you want to talk yes. about. Yeah. So so we talked about uh, Sarawa, which we uh, invested super early. Mm -hmm. Perhaps I can uh, give you another example where we invested actually a bit on the later stage called okay. uh, Sukama. Okay. So Sukama, yeah. uh, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with it. I just bought my car insurance from <laughs> Sukama today. This, this good to know. <laughs> I also bought mine uh, through Sukama. So they are a leading uh, insurance aggregator platform. Mm -hmm. yeah. Today, they're really dominant on the car insurance but you can also have uh, they're also are starting more on the property insurance health insurance mm -hmm. basically insurance side which is so massive they are really the leading uh, aggregator platform on that yeah so we actually met uh, Emberine uh, who is amazing like amazing rock star mm -hmm. uh, when we were just coming up with the idea of Shorok and we were just forming Shorok okay mm -hmm. so we invested in Sukama when I was in the US Oh, when okay. Mahmoud was also serving his uh, army military duty as an Emirati, so oh, so, uh, no but we like uh, so it was a lot of really a lot of also uh, faith and uh, due diligence. But the reason we invested in Sukama is a we knew that the market is so big, like mm -hmm. uh, this this thesis of uh, online insurance play has always worked around the globe. Yeah. Okay. So we knew that someone will be able to do it. So we evaluated a few companies in that space. This space, unfortunately, is brutally competitive. Mm -hmm. There's a low barriers to entry, so a lot of uh, players are there. But the reason we invested in Sukama after looking at all of these, again, Embreen, uh, she really is very, very good at uh, execution. But to mm -hmm. give you very specific examples, uh, this one we mentioned brutally competitive so you need to differentiate in customer service because like yeah. the call centers and etc yeah. I saw how Embrine she trains her call center which is really the secret sauce oh, for, really? uh, for Sukama and etc and they're really really good at that yeah, uh, what I find very impressive about Sukal Mall is their uh, execution for sure. Yeah. So, for example, my situation, right? I bought this car insurance today. Uh, they knew on, they had a file, uh, I had bought it from them last year, so they contacted me right about time when I was uh, going to buy another car insurance. Then uh, the same contact who called mm -hmm. me last year called mm -hmm. me again this year, so they were familiar with who I was. Yes. Um, they also uh, sent me an email with a quick link where I could click and just pay. Yes, and then, yes. uh, you know, a so. Magic link? <laughs> a magic link? Yeah, uh, basically a magic link. Okay. And, uh, you know, you don't have to enter any customer information in. or anything. Yeah, you could just click on that. We incorporated a lot of those yeah. ideas into yeah. Ajarkar as well, actually. Yeah. I looked at Sukal Mal and I saw what they were doing and I was like, wow, we could implement that into our own platform, you know? Mm. So, so this is actually a great point. Since I already talked about the team and the execution, one of the key things that uh, we at Shorok, we really focus on 
how does the business model work and how do they actually what is the revenue model yeah so we frankly coming from a private equity we're not a typical vc investors mamur and i we really start as a private equity uh, professionals which means mm. we're more on the fundamental we're, we're very bottoms up versus the top down okay mm-hmm. so uh, so like a sukamar we really cared a lot about those repeat customers retention right. rate of the customers lifetime right. value exactly it's, it's so much easier to sell to your existing customer than to a new customer yeah. Agreed. If, you, if you're losing customers left and right it's not a you're not really solving a problem or you're not having a sustainable business model mm-hmm. okay. so sukama is a platform Sarawa is a platform. Mm-hmm. These platforms bring customers left and right. So mm-hmm. like uh, Sarawa, for example, that we talked about, once you're onboarded, you rarely take the money out. So yeah. they continue with you Re- for many, many years. Yeah. Sukama, let's say you bought the car insurance. Yeah. You might not like that insurance next year, but you still go to Sukama and buy another car insurance at the Sukama. Yeah. Yeah. So those repeat customer dynamics is very key. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's big part of our investment thesis is the repeat customer dynamics and the recurring revenue. Okay. Like a one last punchline there is every entrepreneur, when they pitch their idea, they always say, Shin, our, our startups is the best. We're so <laughs> unique. We're so different. But yeah. at the end, recurring customers who already paid for your service, if they come back, that's the best validation of your uh, business model. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good that's idea. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Great. So, what about a third startup? Uh, with so, Sarva, it was very early. With yes. Sukalmal, it was in Series A that you yes. invested. Yes. Um, so, if you can give us another example of a startup. So, I will like uh, another startup that comes to my mind that is uh, quite unique on the profile is called a trucker. Trucker. So, a trucker, what they do is, uh, uh, simply put, is Uber for trucks. It's mm-hmm. a truck aggregator platform that serves both B2C, so individual customers. They're the largest uh, domestic moving, home moving company. Okay. okay. But they also do B2B, so like a cross-border transactions. Mm-hmm. The beauty, first mile, last mile. Like actually, not last mile per se. Okay. The example I give you is, if you send your trucks from UAE to Saudi, mm. then they come empty-handed from Saudi to UAE. Okay. So these truck drivers, if they can find the load to pick it up from Saudi to UAE, truck drivers make money, and the overall ticket, overall bill to the customer can be lower because truck driver already right. made some money. Okay. So route optimization. Yeah, route optimization. It's a sharing platform. You can call like a sharing concept for trucks. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is a platform without any inventory, without like any trucks. They don't own any trucks. They don't trucks, own any okay. trucks. So we, all, we, we love that. They're the technology platform. Exactly. Yeah. So here are a few reasons why, why we liked uh, first, again, the consistent theme is that Grav is uh, one of the most hustlers. <laughs> like yeah, really most, most disciplined entrepreneurs I've seen. He really? would actually stay with the truck drivers left and right if he has to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Okay, this guy is super, uh, uh, really like a hustler. The entire team is hustlers. We talked about the execution. So that's one. Yeah. Second, we also talked about repeat customer dynamics, recurring revenue. So we also talked about that. Yeah. Another big thesis here we have a thesis when there's a lot of human intervention when the things are not sometimes transparent. Mm-hmm. Truck driving, truck truck industry has always been very opaque. Yeah. There's a lot of negotiation. If I yeah. want to move my stuff, I call five truck companies, I negotiate every single time, 
And then sometimes they don't even show up at the right time. Yeah. Mm. Most of the times they don't show up at the right time. Yeah. With trucker, they provide transparency. I know exactly what I'm getting. Like mm-hmm. what is I I believe that their quote is actually the lowest. Mm-hmm. And I checked it out, but like uh, their quote is very standardized. And right. this yeah. is a huge value for consumers, but also for businesses. Right. Because businesses, they don't want to deal with 10 truck drivers every day hassle pricing. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So truck driver, truck, trucker really solves a pain point in the industry and that industry pain point can differ for every single company but trucker they solve a big points and they really crush it on 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 what they do and this is a big fragmented industry and trucker is the leader so that's why we invested in them and at what stage did you invest in so we invested in the pre-series a round okay so sarawa was seed and pre-series a sukama was just beyond series a and okay. the trucker was a pre-series A, and okay. we also followed on on the series A. Okay. Yeah, so we uh, we also have a tendency to invest multiple times to support and uh, help them grow because they're all of them are growing. Okay. okay. Yes. And aside from investment, yes. what uh, value? I'm sure there's yes. lots of it that you provide to the startups that you invest in. So, uh, frankly, we get so heavily involved. Uh, as really it depends on anywhere as long as the company and the entrepreneur ask us for help mm-hmm. we're heavily involved okay. so uh, we'll talk about a company called Yaomi but for Yaomi we like uh, we're so involved in terms of recruiting a general manager okay. recruiting a marketing team which you know firsthand yeah. so we're heavily involved with recruiting and strategy operation and etc for mm-hmm. sukama which is the company is a much more mature yeah we're more involved with the strategy and the general direction like a country Road. yeah country expansion okay trucker we're also involved with the country expansion we're a board observer so we are we're on the board so we're heavily involved with general direction strategy financing always raising capital like okay. we're heavily involved okay uh for sarwa uh, if you type in YouTube, I also did video for them okay. as, uh, to all your customers. So that's one of the fun examples of how I was got involved. Okay. I'm also a customer of Sarwa. So okay. that's another example. Okay. But like uh, really, uh, we're very proud and confident that we are the probably the most heavily involved uh, investor in the region. Mm-hmm. And uh, that comes with the cost of a busy but yeah. that's our yeah. passion. We love to work with them. And uh, whenever entrepreneur asks us for support, we're always there. Okay. That's amazing. Great. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, a lot of people have this misunderstanding that um, VCs, once they invest, it's like, oh, there's a check and then you have to deal with it. But I think a lot of VCs actually get personally involved because, I mean, is there money at the end, end of the day, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm involved in strategy and... Uh, we've spoken to a couple of VCs yes. as well, yes. and uh, I think that uh, the startup ecosystem is definitely growing here, yes. where VCs don't act like angel investors yes. do, and that's a fundamental difference that we are learning as well, yes. yeah. uh, while we're talking to VCs and looking to raise for a jar car yes. and all of that. Great. Um, so, what before we talk about the fourth yes. uh, fourth startup? Um, what is the best way, like we were talking offline, that yes. you get 10 pitch decks yes. a week, yes. just you alone, yes. not counting yes. the rest of the team. But what is the best way for a startup to approach a yes. VC? This is a great question. And I always actually want to highlight this. 
mm-hmm. first of all cold emails cold linkedin messages cold or sometimes even whatsapp messages never work mm-hmm. like a really uh all of us are busy people and with uh due respect if we get uh, random messages and emails it's so easy to uh read it but go to archive or we do respond it Mm-hmm. and we responded but still the attention span and the focus is very very different mm-hmm. and uh, and i'm not saying that uh uh it's impossible to get to a vc because the best way and really the most uh recommended way is you need to get through a referral like uh, it, it means a lot when i refer to my other vc friends mm-hmm. when other vc friends refer to us mm. right right like especially and and the, the the truth is vc industry people in the uh, in the startup world we're all very let's say sociable mm. like we are we are active in mm-hmm. conferences yeah so, so we're it's not like we're always hiding in our offices mm. yeah. so and and we also know that frankly as an entrepreneur you gotta be on the sales shop mm-hmm. yes. so like a, if you cannot find a way to get into the vc investors uh network or uh, at all yeah. i think that also is partly we're partly doing a dd that uh <laughs> because how can you sell your company in front of other investors and other customers that yeah. you need to do to grow sure. if you cannot get into that uh, homework, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like uh, definitely uh, no cold emails, uh, yeah. really getting into other VCs and other angel investors to refer you is really the best way. Okay. Okay, great. Awesome. So, but, um, okay, I know that is the best yes, way because yes. that's yes. the way it's worked for me as well. But what about people who have no... Uh, connections like you know like say I'm new in Dubai I don't He's know anybody <laughs> so so it's a problem but I'll tell you okay let's talk about tangible ways perhaps yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, this region is mm-hmm. blessed with conferences mm. we have so many conferences frankly it's uh, too much yeah uh, but there are a few key conferences that a lot of investors go and you all honestly need to start uh, there face-to-face quote meeting is better than a cold email <laughs> yeah right. so meet them explain to them yes they're not gonna spend too much time you probably have a 30 seconds to a minute mm. but at least get to meet them and then sell email yeah and okay. some of them if you met them once they might not remember but mm. next time if you see them again they will start to remember yeah right. get as much face time as possible exactly with the and you have to be aggressive because remember at the end uh like we do get a lot of uh pitch decks we mm-hmm. do get a lot of uh companies and uh, you have to be aggressive mm-hmm. like yeah. you, you don't you, sh- you don't want to be disrespectful mm-hmm. but you have to be aggressive mm-hmm. okay. okay so um another question about uh new founders looking for raising what ad- advice would you have for say the pitch deck yes. and um like what was the pitch deck like, for example, in some of the companies that you invested in? I'm, I'm curious about, uh, specifically about Sarwa's pitch deck. Yes. So, uh, so uh, I know <laughs> Sarwa's pitch decks are really, 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 really good. And, uh, they because, have to be. Because, yeah. because Mark, uh, the CEO, yeah. he is an ex-consultant. Uh-huh. And they just do an amazing job with uh, with the design. Like, uh, okay. so I guess uh, it it does matter if the pitch decks look good Sexy. and it's very clear, yeah. right? And uh, he is a, he, like his decks are very very top notch. Okay. okay. Right, so so in terms of uh, uh, what we're looking for the pitch deck, every investor is different and mm-hmm. uh, every company is different. But really, 
uh, I don't want to repeat the simple things like problem, yeah. solution, solution, team, traction. your business model, uh, and etc. So I want to come back to traction. Mm-hmm. If you have attraction to show, you should really highlight that. Mm. There is a like a trust me, a lot of startups next to you do not have attraction. Mm. Right. So if you have attraction to show, highlight that. Then that really already is very different from a lot of startups out there. Mm-hmm. So so that's one. Second, a lot of questions that people ask me: Oh, should I talk about how much am I raising? Uh, what's the like? What are my thoughts on the terms? Investors will have a different views. My view, I think, is good to good to put that in, okay. because even if you don't put it in, a lot of entrepreneurs. I always ask because we're very founder focused. We're very founders uh, partners. I always ask them, what are your ideal uh, situation? What are your ideal terms like? Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of founders they tell me they don't have a view. Like uh, they uh, they want re- investors to give them a term sheet. They want investors to do that, which uh, is okay. We're gonna do that anyway, but but, you want but I want them to a I want them to be self-aware. They should have a view on their company, right? Mm. Yeah. And if they are if they say I'm a hundred million dollars, when in my view they're valued at five million dollars, mm-hmm. well obviously there is a misconnect. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that misconnect, I want to see that. Mm-hmm. And second, I don't want founders to be taken advantage. At the end, this is a long-term game. It's not like you're selling a company. You're going to be in this partnership and friendship for a long time. Mm. I don't want founders to feel like they are mistreated. Okay. And if your view was $15 million inside, but I didn't know that, and we ended out somehow agreed on $5 million because you were desperate for cash, right. hey, I don't think you will feel good, and mm-hmm. I also am not happy with it because mm. I want you to believe in this uh, friendship. Right. Okay. right. So always a transparent communication, in my view, is super key. Mm-hmm. And I think founders should should actually uh, uh, be aware of their value. Okay. So in the pitch deck, uh, founders should show valuation. Yes. Should they also show uh, resource utilize, utilization? Yes. yes. So sources and uses. So basically, uh, uh, we will always ask that. So mm-hmm. like I think it's always good to show in a very simple pie chart or any form you want to put how you're gonna use that. Okay. And the most, I, I actually it is rare for me to see a pitch deck without that. So that's why mm-hmm. I didn't want to focus on it. Another thing that I did want to highlight because I want to talk about the things that I think founders sometimes uh, misunderstand. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they come with a report by a third party like accounting firm or some uh, saying like that I'm valued at 15 million dollars <laughs> I'm valued at 20 million dollars by these reports mm-hmm. it's a waste of your money and time and investors are not going to take any of that into consideration right, because yeah. you do your own yes, DD yes. to figure out and we know that they just amplify your valuation like crazy yeah yes so like uh, please I really strongly urge the founders and entrepreneurs don't don't waste your precious time and money yeah, mm-hmm. invest in marketing instead. <laughs> Yellow. <laughs> exactly. So, so those are important. Uh, something else, uh, of course, we want to really understand all the market competitor. I think founders here do that very well. So I don't, I don't even need to emphasize something mm-hmm. that I want to emphasize. Though, I think sometimes business model is not clear. Like revenue model, how do you actually make revenue? Hmm. How do you actually plan to make revenue really? if you're not making revenue? Okay. Because founders sometimes they're so immersed into their own model, like uh, they think it's clear enough, but uh, actually, actually for me, a lot of times it's not clear. Mm. Oh, right. okay, that's interesting. So, um, and in terms of traction, um, what is generally 
what would you consider like a bare minimum as a metric for like say different business models uh, what would you consider a bare metric to like start looking at them or considering them so normally i'm always um very transparent to give an answer but this one the <laughs> truth is there is no answer and i'll tell you why right. uh and i'm gonna be very specific if an e-commerce company comes to me mm-hmm. uh, i don't think ten thousand dollars is enough and i'll tell you why e-commerce companies hey there are a lot of them mm-hmm. there are a lot a lot of them and it, i know that fundamentally in my view is really really hard to differentiate so you are competing with each other without much differentiation. What that means is you need to spend a lot of time on marketing, which is expensive, which yeah. is costly. And even then, the customers are not loyal to you. Mm. So then for me, if I were to invest in an e-commerce company, and we have some like Joy Gibbs and et cetera, they need to show us attraction. They need to show that really they are different, mm-hmm. which which should be shown on data and, uh, and the figures behind it. Mm-hmm. However, for a company like Sarwa, which I knew was already very different, there was no other company, there's no other even similar business to receive any license, we invested in zero, uh, zero uh, revenue. They mm. were way before revenue. We invested in them uh, in October in 2017. They only started to generate any revenue, a very small revenue in 2018 in uh, April, okay. end of March. Okay. So, so it's very company specific. Uh, if you are talking to a good investor, uh, this is the type of answer you should expect because no company is the same, no sure. founders are the same. So we really do carefully look at each company, unique case by case, and we don't okay. want to have a general rule of thumb. Okay. Uh, that's why. Uh, okay. Does uh, I guess competition must be playing a big factor into the traction as well, as you said, yes. right? E-commerce companies, yes. lots of competition, yes. hard to get mind share, but if you're more niche. Yes. Then you probably the you discount those numbers, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like a like a sukama. Of course, they were already quite big, mm-hmm. and we know that. I told you this space is massive, but also there are is a very uh, harsh uh, competition. Right. Like, uh, but one of the reasons we were comfortable with it is in that harsh competition, they were they were the leader, and they proved that uh, they could compete. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. and the metric I guess that was important there was uh, lifetime value. So lifetime value, GMV, like uh, what's their revenue what's take, GMV? the gross market value, okay. uh, how much of the customers this year are coming back next year, mm. and all of that. Okay, yeah. okay, great. So we have a fourth startup as well that yes. uh, we'd like to discuss. So. so fourth startup is actually one of our latest uh, investments. They were very dear to our heart is, uh, is Yaomi, mm-hmm. which means uh, daily in mm-hmm. Arabic. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we are really doing is uh, is a tech-enabled or business services slash FMB uh, mm-hmm. brand is uh, is Eleventeen Cuisine, mm-hmm. and we're also part of this uh, Central Kitchen platform that is getting really really popular these days around the world, but also here in the Middle East. And we're partner with uh, the leading Central Kitchen platform called Kitopi that okay. uh, you guys might have heard of. And uh, the beauty of this is. Uh, the biggest problem normally of an FMB is uh, you need a lot of capex. capital. Yeah. Yes, it's very capital intensive. Right. And if you are doing well in business pay, if you want to get into marina, that's another two to three million dirhams. Yeah. Right. But now, now you can technically open a restaurant with a substantially like a substantially smaller amount. We're talking about less than hundred thousand dirhams. Okay. Wow. So now with that, 
if you have a killer idea, you can open a restaurant, you can scale much faster. Mm-hmm. So it's very much of a technology company. It's very similar to a profile of a business services technology company. Mm-hmm. Okay. So normally, Shorok, I told you, we're a tech VC. And uh, getting into FMB, uh, although it's a very unique platform, FMB was not an easy decision, mm-hmm. but we really believe in Joy, the founder and the CEO. We, b- we believe in this uh, sharing concept for kitchens. We saw the growth and we were uh, one of the backers of this so idea. So have you invested in Kitopi as well? No, so we did not invest in Kitopi, but okay. uh, the, the CEO and the, we're all like uh, part of the same uh, group of friends. Okay. So I truly believe them. We also help them uh, a lot from other angles. So if Joy, who's the founder of Yomi, wanted to do Yomi the traditional way, yes, which is brick and mortar, yes. serving certain areas, would Shuruk still be involved? No. Okay. No. It needs to have yes. a tech aspect yes. to it. Yeah. Yeah. So we, so we, uh, what one of the things we're very good at is that we know how to integrate with tech and squeeze more efficiency and help them channel those resources to grow. Okay. okay. Like uh, so, Yami brick and mortar, uh, typical restaurant. We we as a VCA we wouldn't invest in that. Okay. Fine. But because Yami truly showed us that they grew fourteen times in a year. And they, they showed us how they resemble the profile of our tech-enabled business services that we're very, very good at, that we mm-hmm. know how to scale. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we this is how we made investment. Wow, okay. 14 times in a year. Yes. That's yeah. very That's, good. Yeah. That's and very this good. is all under really one team, one person team, Joey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And now and we I've have a team. I've tried the food and yes. it's amazing. Yeah. 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 It's uh, try so Yaomi, like uh, try you can out. find in Talabad, Sumato, any of these platforms. <laughs> yeah. And now we are having, a, we have a full team. We're always growing. And uh, Alhamdulillah, really, it is uh, very exciting. That's cool. So, how did Joy approach you uh, to so, invest in Yomi, and at what stage? So, uh, Joy. So, uh, the good thing here is that we have known Joy as a friend uh, mm-hmm. before. So, okay. we have been supporters of her uh, when she was working on Yomi. Okay. Uh, when she initially launched Yomi, mm-hmm. and uh, we saw how we, as a friend, we were witnessing how uh, how fast she was growing. Mm-hmm. But I think it all came down to this uh, formal partnership. Mm-hmm. when the joy she she realized yaomi was growing so fast mm-hmm. and that she really needed someone to help her grow help her let's say do another just build a team mm-hmm. but as uh she's uh she actually has an amazing marketing background mm-hmm. she's the mother of uh, two beautiful sons mm-hmm. and uh it's sometimes difficult to manage personal but also work when the company is doing so well yeah, yeah. so she was looking for it's a nice problem to yes, have <laughs> and she was looking for a good uh investor to really be a partner mm-hmm. not just an investor because she really needs uh, she was really looking for operational support Okay. Right. So that's how she she knew us as a friend, but also she knew that that's our style our, mm-hmm. as an investor, mm-hmm. and uh, we we had a mutual uh, interest. We we love uh, working with uh, each other, and that's okay. how we invested. Okay. okay, great, awesome. So I think four very different startups, yes. mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, if we had to boil down to one thing that you specifically look for, is the founders. Yes. You know. Yes. Um, yeah. So, uh, with Ajar Card, I'm the unofficial co-founder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the unofficial. Which is blessing to have. Especially someone who is amazing at marketing. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think we'd be able to do it without yeah. having the in-house. You know, because 
startups are expensive yeah <laughs> totally. yeah and totally. of course uh, we want to do yeah. things very lean um but i'm curious uh is it a negative if it's a sole one person team i mean i know you've yes. invested yes. in joy yeah. but uh, we have heard from some vcs that they prefer it if it's a team yes um, so so sukama is also uh, uh sole sole founder. founder yeah yaomi is also a sole founder mm-hmm. uh, we do have uh, companies for sole founders but uh i think what you just said is generally true Okay. So so it is I wouldn't say negative because that's a harsh word. Okay. We prefer uh companies with multiple co-founders and especially we at Shurok, we actually somehow data proves that we prefer if the one of the co-founders is a lady. Oh really? Right. We're very uh, a lot <laughs> of our co-founders are lady and I have a few rationals to let's say try to justify that. Let okay. me see. So at the end all of us are entrepreneurs. Being a founder is not an easy task. Yeah. It really is really a challenging task. And if you're doing it alone, like uh it, it becomes frustrating sometimes mm. and uh, you don't know if the direction you're going is the right direction. Right. Even even as a par- if you have partners, you might still don't know, but at least you can discuss, you can you share your joy, board. you can share your sadness. Yeah. So that mental state i think is already a very good start if you have a if you have a partner okay and, and second as you said it is expensive any employee is uh, at a cost yeah if you have a good partners who can really complement either marketing and tech or business or tech or finance with tech yeah. something something along those combinations yeah it makes a big 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 difference yeah yeah because you have the skill set yes you have uh, you get high experience people mm-hmm. uh to come in at no cost yeah. and, and network and also and network, network. Yeah. yeah you only have so much time in the day yeah. if you can cover two different conferences if you meet two different type of people yeah. it's so much better so i definitely recommend uh having a co-partner uh, co-founder yeah no i'm all for it as yes. well with uh, yellow we are actually four yes. partners yes. um with all four very different skill sets yes. and uh, very different strengths yes so um i definitely see the value in it um but ajarkar started with two partners yes. said yeah. and one more and now he's the sole founder mm-hmm. um so it is something that's come up in conversation so i wanted to see how much impact it has from a, when a vc is meeting one yes, founder yes. so it's not it's definitely not a no i don't think yeah. any vc should say no just because it's a sole founder mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it's just the bar is higher okay yeah. right the bar is just it's higher. harder yeah yeah, yeah. but okay. but there there are pros because mm-hmm. uh my new friend Sid says uh, he's a sole founder <laughs> the pro is uh you can make decisions hopefully Fast. faster yeah. yes right. so that that is one thing that i noticed um definitely having co-founder shares your workload and your yes. responsibility but um also decision making is much faster yes. when you're a sole yeah. founder for yeah. sure like um you can you can uh, definitely change the direction of the company quicker yeah. so if those decisions turn out to be right yeah. it will be okay yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah well he still has me as a sounding yeah, board so yeah. i don't think he misses she's my unofficial exactly. co-founder yeah. Yeah, so so, yeah. so one tangible advice perhaps uh, have a group of advisors hmm. so at the end what investors want to see is uh it's if the founder alone has a too much power a lot of things can go wrong 
Hmm. So at the end, we want to make sure you're humble. You can. You also ha- are flexible to you listen, to listen to, listen to other views. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because no one is perfect. Like hmm. we're not perfect. Hmm. If you have a group of advisors, mm-hmm. you can be a sole advi- soul founder. But here's a, here's my awesome list of board. I mean the advisors that yeah. I always uh, talk. Mm-hmm. That is a very good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so this idea. this whole podcast, the yes. idea behind it was kind of to create that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. To, to create that because without giving it yeah, see the thing is is that when people are um, uh, when you call them for a podcast then they're like okay yeah we can sit for an yes. hour and talk you know but like if you just call them up like they're busy yeah. this helps me dedicate some time yes. and get a person to like talk to for a bit and, and that's no, what's uh, benefited the most actually I've got yes. so many ideas post podcast yeah. we talk about you know, there's some things we can't share on the podcast. Obviously, yes, yes. they're private or confidential. So then, a lot of times after the the conversation, you know, I get so many ideas and so many uh, so much good advice. Yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've invested in joy gifts. We had Ritesh on the podcast, and uh, we we know him from before as yes. well. Yeah. But it's also post podcast. Right after, I think we were talking for like two hours after, but three weeks later. Uh, there was an opportunity for a brand collaboration with Joy Gifts mm, mm. for one of my other clients and I gave him a call and Sid was checking about some conversations that, that he just wanted to kind of sense check with Ritesh and I know Ritesh is a very yes, busy man yes. but mm. he did make himself a little bit more available to us because we yes. we yeah. sat and talked for yes. basically four hours, yes. you know. So Yeah, it's yeah. always good to get advice from smart people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think that uh, all of the feedback that you've shared is, is has really been helpful. If you had one advice, one piece of advice that you would like to give to entrepreneurs looking to raise uh, early stage, um, what would that be? So I, I do think, although uh, every founder knows raising capital is difficult, they still underestimate how difficult it is, mm. because mm. I think uh, I I also still believe I'm I mean, all of us I think we should believe we're special, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I think especially when we do a startup we think our startups are quite special. Yeah. yeah. So we sometimes uh, forecast only three months, let's mm. say two months, three months of uh, uh, balance sheet. So let's say if I'm running out of cash. Mm-hmm. If I forecast, okay, I need to raise uh, capital at X date. We should really have uh, at least uh, many, many months of a runway right. because okay. the raising capital is not easy. Yeah. So, and and remember, if you start to be in a desperate cash situation, a you are not. It's not good for you. Mm-hmm. But also, investors will take that very, very negatively mm-hmm. because no investor wants to put in a is a melting pot or a sinking yeah. ship. Yeah. So I don't want to put my money into a startup and the startup only gets by another three months. Then I have to worry about the company going bankrupt. Yeah. So that's really the worst situation. Mm-hmm. So the plan out, like if, if you have a nine months of a runway, start now. If you have okay. a three months of runway, you should already be saying inshallah very, very, very often. Like mm-hmm. uh, yeah. really, like you have to be out every single day fundraising. Right. Fundraising here in the region takes time. Mm-hmm. Also yeah. for the weather and the summer, like it's, it's <laughs> terrible. Everyone yeah. disappears. Think, really think smart about it. Reach out to as many people as possible aggressively. Mm-hmm. Uh, also being polite, mm-hmm. but also plan out the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you have just a few months left in your runway, 
investors can sense that desperation and maybe founders can get taken yes. advantage of yes. or not yeah, get the best you'll deal or uh, you'll take the first deal yes. that you get yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, start fundraising early. The lead time in the region is also longer. Yeah. Yeah. So on average, I hate to say this but on average is uh it's rumored to be around 9 months for yeah. any any financing. In the okay. US, 3 months is already long. Okay. Really? Cuz startups can die in 9 months. Like a 9 months yeah. is a long long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. uh, I mean it's average so I guess a lot of startups who really struggle to raise they might take years that's why yeah. i think the average is uh, is long okay but uh it's, it takes time okay mm-hmm. if you if you did any financing in 3 months that's already very very good yeah okay i don't think uh, any of the founders i've met did in 3 months yes. yeah <laughs> yes. yeah unless you have like a good connection or you're already yes. from the vc unless, world or something so we yeah. call that like a, it's not or a second about time your startup founder. is so good i think sometimes if you're lucky Yeah. Yes. Or you're a second time founder, so yes. you already have uh, proven a proven exit, yes. yeah. and then you're re- uh, starting your second yeah. startup, and then you want to. I think those people might be able to do it in three months, but and, and that's why having a good early stage institutional investors or even good uh, super angel investors are really key right. because uh, they will take you around to their friends. They yeah. will recommend you to other VCs. and that those referrals really mean a lot. Yes, mm. it's also like a validation of your product, right? Exactly. Somebody exactly. is willing to give you money. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, outside of your friends and families. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, yeah, because uh, your grandmother will always love <laughs> your idea. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's why uh is is tough early stage is tough. Uh sometimes I wish uh it's easier, but also uh if i can leave a last note i think it's entrepreneur should also understand why investors are saying no why investors are saying yes this is why we're having mm-hmm. this podcast uh, uh investors are also taking a lot of risk by right. putting into a startup that is just just start either generating revenue just now or not even generating revenue and at the end you're asking them for their precious money or their lp's uh, precious money mm-hmm. this money can mean someone's entire 60 years of a pension yeah right so it is a lot of responsibility mm-hmm. uh, like I'd never take anything personally yeah. if the investors are disrespectful that's not a good investor to work with mm-hmm. but if the investor gives you a good rational decision it's nothing about personal it's just uh, they had their own rationals mm-hmm. and listen to that feedback and yeah. implement it yeah. i mean yeah. it is it is really like getting advice so that you the next time you're looking to fundraise you can you'd be a little bit better prepared and sometimes the entrepreneurs complain that a lot of investors don't give any feedback mm-hmm. okay uh, or they give feedback that entrepreneurs don't think is the true like mm-hmm. they were just saying uh this is some bs uh just for the sake of it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh if i to if i were to offer an investor's perspective uh shorok we actually take uh giving prompt feedback in a very disciplined way this is something we ha- this is also actually how we became popular mm-hmm. okay. because when we say when we pass we normally pass very right away okay. we don't waste time mm. especially for the founder we don't mm-hmm. We don't lead them s- on. Yeah, we don't lead them on. Sit around idle. Like it's just not our style. Okay. And, and we do that because we truly believe in the partnership with the founders as their partner. Uh, if the investors are not giving you good reasons, either they're just super busy, 
Mm-hmm. And I can tell you sometimes we are busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like everyone is busy. Sure. Yeah. We are busy. And second, uh, some investors, like, uh, I guess we're not obliged to, to give you a reason. Try to get the feedback. Uh, if, if they're not giving it to you, uh, I'm sure there's a re- I'm sure yeah. like they have their own uh, other reasons. So you said it's either that they're really really busy or that they're not you're not really obliged to give yes, feedback. Yes. But as much as possible do you give feedback? Yes. Okay. Uh, we're always uh, we try to be really clear mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. on the feedback. For example, I might tell you in my view customer retention rate should be higher. Okay. Yeah. Or it might I might tell you that uh, really just uh, simply traction is not there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or I might tell you that I don't think the industry is going in that direction. Like, okay. uh, will, or simply put, very uh, period to entry is so low where we see literally customers, uh, computers popping up left and right. Okay. okay. But we definitely do give all those uh, feedback. Okay. Okay. Great. Awesome. All right, guys. On that note, uh, thank you so much for being thank on the you. podcast, uh, providing this valuable advice. Yeah. Um, we leave links to Sharuk Investments in the thank description and, and to Shane. And also to the four startups They'll that Shane mentioned. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're all about promoting uh, startups <laughs> and entrepreneurs, yeah. especially this group of hustler entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. What we're most proud of is our entrepreneurs who are also our friends and families. Mm-hmm. Each, every single one of them, amazing rock stars. <laughs> That's awesome. So cool. hopefully we'll have some of these rock star founders come on the podcast podcast very soon yeah no thank you thank you <laughs> right. it was so much fun yeah well, yeah i never saw the camera once i was seeing camera at least once thank you yeah, all right guys so uh we are available on youtube so if you guys want to watch the video version of this podcast it's available on youtube uh we are also on all the podcast platforms so if you want to hear us on itunes or google Podcasts or pretty much any podcast platform we're available there we also host this podcast on anchor so uh, the cool thing about anchor is you can actually leave us a voice note so if you want to ask us any questions you can leave us uh, your voice note and we'll try to answer it in one of the future episodes of this podcast yeah. leave us a good rating if you're listening to us on a podcast platform yeah, it really helps us the best us out. rating of course. yes yeah and hit and like and really subscribe especially for this episode so <laughs> yeah. like, uh, we, have yeah. to crush we want it. this episode to get tons and tons of exactly, views exactly yeah. yeah so if you have a question for Shane as well uh, you can get in touch with him on yes. LinkedIn we will leave his LinkedIn yes. he may hate us for this yes. but yeah. uh, we will LinkedIn message him. although I thought it's not a best idea but <laughs> It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Not if you're looking to raise, yeah. but um, yes. Yeah. Any any questions? Email me LinkedIn. Like we're very uh, friendly. Perfect. Uh, so. Awesome. Awesome. And uh, you can also leave a voice note with a question for Shane, and maybe we'll have him on another episode, uh, potentially with one of the rock star founders as well. So signing off. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Keep on hustling. Bye bye.